You're listening to Rise and Shine, broad chats with real women in small business. We explore the wisdom, stumbles, and wins of females who are carving out their own path in the free fall of business ownership. I'm your host, Rachel Green, SEO copywriter and founder of Shine Copy. Let's do it. Lisa Byrne is an e-com marketing coach who helps women create sustainable, organic marketing strategies to grow their brand. I've known Lisa for a few years now, thanks to Instagram, and I love her uncomplicated way of helping small business grow. Hey, Lisa, welcome to Rise and Shine. Oh, thank you, Rachel. It's so fun to be here and it's lovely to see you having your own podcast. I know, made it finally. I'm doing what I said I never would do. do. Yeah, so you're definitely going to have to come on my, my podcast now. Yes, thank you. Since that's live and out there in the world now, I'll have yes. to. <laughs> no, I would. I would love to. Um, how good is it that we've seen the back of the school holidays and now we can focus on work again? Oh, my gosh. I, 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 just, I just love back to school. But touch wood, you know, with all the illness that is still going around, hopefully they don't get sent home anytime soon. But, yes, no, we, we love kids going back to school. Yes. Do you know, yesterday... Um, the second day back of term, I had a call from the school at 9.30. No. It's just like face pumping. <laughs> my son crashed into someone else and he'd hurt his teeth. Oh, and my God. Yeah, he's fine, totally fine. But I had to go there and basically give him a hug and assure him that he was okay. <laughs> Bless his little heart. I know. But I was thinking, come on, day two of the term. No, Let that's me be. <laughs> 9.30. Like that's not even cool. <laughs> yes. I think I answered with, What's happened? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what kinds of projects are you working on at the moment? Oh, goodness. Well, I've just wrapped up a 12-week program of my main course, which is, well, it's more of a group coaching program, Ecom Grow Strong. So had 50 women go through that. And as always, they kept me on my toes, like questions and and, um, walking them through the modules. So that was a biggie. And now I'm stepping into... Uh, cruise into Q4, which is my like Black Friday kind of Christmas course, helping women sell more in Q4 and doing it in a way that doesn't, you know, send them to the loony, loony bin <laughs> uh, because marketing can absolutely do that. Marketing is something that completely un- undoes most people. Yes, but it's the thing that we can't not be doing as business owners, right? <laughs> yes, it's it's a necessary evil and especially for product-based businesses it's the it's the churn and the consistency, whereas I think with service-based businesses, like I don't know about you, but I can kind of disappear for a few weeks and it doesn't really matter. You know, I'll still have people send me inquiries. I'll still, you know, have some level of, you know, income, whereas with product, um, unless you've, you know, you've got all the good stuff set up like email marketing and organic marketing like SEO, you're getting traffic coming to you and being converted. If you don't have that stuff, you are the the hamster in the marketing wheel. So, mm. yes, it's a busy time. Yes, it is totally. Um, if you have listened to my podcast, listeners or Lisa, um, you know that I love to end the podcast with a few rapid fire questions. But Ooh. today I wanted to kick off with them. <gasps> oh, um, lordy. <laughs> nothing like mixing it up right yeah. um so here goes don't think too much just throw okay. at me whatever your brain says okay um the one business spend you don't skimp on business spend oh crap um coaching ah cool so do you have a coach now yeah I yeah I do yeah 
Okay. Yeah, I, I got a, a more of a specialized coach this time, one that deals with Facebook and launching. That mm. sounds like it's um, killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's the personal expense that you don't skimp on? Oh, restaurants and babysitters. <laughs> yes, eating out, getting eating away from out. children. <laughs> it is, that's my happy place in a fancy restaurant with the best Chardonnay you know, loving life like it used to be <laughs> before kids. <laughs> yes, and when you can actually finish your sentence. Yeah, yeah, or not talk at all. That's also great. <laughs> Sometimes there's nothing to say. Yeah, I've got nothing just left. Spent. Just... <laughs> What's the biggest risk you've taken in your business? Oh, um, going from pivoting from very profitable uh, one-on-one to course so yeah yeah that that was that was a big risk and I I sold the course before I had created it so <laughs> then I <laughs> risky <laughs> risky and so I was doing the mo- each module the week before I was ready and, and that was not fun I killed mm. myself doing that but yeah but there's nothing like a bit of pressure to get you productive right <laughs> totally Pre- yeah pressure is my best friend um, how'd you get your first client? Oh, oh, it was um, it was a, a clothing boutique just in my local hood, and I just went in there and I gave her a few suggestions on her Instagram account because it was terrible and her website and it was terrible and and that was when I just had a, a little baby and she was like, well, I'll pay you a hundred dollars if you sit down with me and have a coffee and tell me everything else that I should be doing. And that's how it started. So yeah, just a conversation. Oh, wow. You know, I did a bit of, um, I guess, cold calling when I first started too. I identified brands, particularly locally, um, that I thought had a good alignment. And I pretty much went there and said, hello, I'm Rachel. I've started a business. I've got lots of experience. This is me. And I think pretty much eight out of the 10 that I approached said yes. And I've had them, one of them I've still got now, seven years later, and the others I had for many years. So totally like, go for it, you know. Absolutely. There's nothing to lose, especially if no. you're at zero. You can't go backwards. You can't. And I think so my very first business coach taught me the same thing, go and have conversations with people. I think that's probably how I got that first client thinking back. But now coaches are telling, teaching how to connect with people online, which is great, but it takes away that human to human. Hey, what it, what's your problem? Here is how I help that problem. That back and forth that you can't necessarily get with people online unless you get on the phone. So, no, I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, the next one, your biggest irk about ecom business owners. Oh, I don't. I don't have any. I love them. I think they're the <laughs> hardest working. Like powerful courageous you know bosses there are honestly they they shit all over service-based businesses because you know they they literally have to put their products and their money where their mouth is and stand by them whereas with services you know we we kind of got it easy but um one thing that not irks me but I I, it's my mission to help them change is you know self-belief because you literally cannot grow unless you believe you are so awesome and you lean into your strengths and your you know natural skills and just keep going and keep that confidence. So, you know, it, it happens with, with us all, but, um, yeah, women put up these mental barriers between 
action and growth. You know, they get scared, they stay stuck. Whereas you got to you got to get out of that 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 you know uncomfortable, scary state and just do the damn thing. You do. And mm. so, what um, what do you do when you get like like your confidence is blown apart, or you feel like, oh, I just want to stay in my shell? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I think allowing yourself to stay in your shell for a little while, like especially if you know you know we had one of my my kids had COVID three times and, you know, like it's like when that happens, you've got to retreat into your little mum cave or, you know, you just take care of yourself first, but then get back out there. Uh, but for me, I just returned to, okay, what's going to, what's going to make me money? Putting myself out there, that's what's going to make me money. Okay. I'm going to go do it, you know, and I always, I fall back on also my very strong self-belief. You know, I know I've been doing this for a t- long, long time, over 20 years. People need my help. I'm going to go help them. Like, keep it simple. Be your own, be, cheer yourself on. Yes, that's the best. I think looking back on your experience and remembering all that you've done to get here, that's really powerful in those moments of doubt. Totally. I wanted to ask, you know, we've all got a story. So what's yours? How did you get to be an econ business coach? Oh, okay. So um, I spent like 16 or 17 years in in marketing in like TV and entertainment with a short stint in hospitality, but don't know what that was all about. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and then I got pregnant with my, my little boy Bowie and we made a sea change and I knew I just could not, never, ever, ever return to corporate desk life working with men and earning other people lots of money, not having any control over when I leave, what I do, how much I earn, stuff that. Um, And then I think it was just through gentle prodding from like my partner and I also had a really good friend who started her own business when she had a little baby too and I was like, huh, you know, I could do that. So, yeah, when Missy was about five months old, um, that's my second baby, I just started having conversations with business owners and I got a coach and she helped me figure out who I should work with and who I shouldn't work with. And um, I had a fair bit of, you know, experience with products um, and I didn't want to work in serv- with services and I just naturally gravitated towards women and shopping and products and design and, you know, marketing is obviously what I what I've done like literally since the day I left school to now. So yeah, it just kind of happened naturally. Wow. I think that's just a case, the case for many of us that it just kind of, it's like, yeah, this is what I'm good at. This is what I like. So it's natural. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of how, you know, you're in the right place as well when it just kind of falls into place. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, it, it definitely wasn't easy. Like my first business coach, we did, we went down different, um, uh, neat like target markets like I tried on lots of different hats and she taught me how to do that without committing to any certain business you know keep things loosey-goosey until fit things feel boom this is right so that process took me about a year so it and I did you know like probably over a hundred discovery calls probably more than that yeah like 45 minute discovery calls with people from with women from all different businesses um, to 
to really learn about uh, what what women needed in different types of businesses and then aligning my skills and my passion with the type of woman that I want to work with. So it was very intentional as well as it being, you know, fairly organic. Mm. You did the research. Wow. Oh, yes, so much research. Yeah. How do you know, I guess, you need a business coach or you're ready for one? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, what I wanted, I I had a baby, I had a, had a one-year-old and I had 20 years experience. I, I didn't want to stuff around. I just wanted to learn fast, fail fast and just get get it done. And that was like... I went into working with her with that very masculine mindset, which I had no idea I had, coming from working in TV for like 16 whatever years. It was all like, okay, let's let's make this work. Let's hustle. Let's get the sale. Let's do it. You know, let's get a solution. Where she was like, hang on, this is going to take a long time. You got to be, you could be prepared for it to be slow and steady and that's okay. So there was lots of unlearning and undoing. Um, but I found her just on, you know, like-minded bitches drinking wine, just typed in business coach and I read all the posts and because there's like a gazillion posts on business coaches. Mm. And then I had a call with her and um, the way she approached things really resonated with me um, in terms of, um, you know, working with women and leaning into our, our natural strengths and things like that. So, yeah, that that was great. Her name is Sonia Statman. So anyone um, who's into like feminine wisdom, go and have a look at her. Yes, you put me onto her ages yes. ago and I have listened to her. And once learning that really stood out for me and that I guess I implemented and that still rings true is that we don't need to be afraid to be doing one thing, one, thing. one kind of person. Yes. Yes, one kind of client or customer. Yes. And yeah. that has proven to be incredibly valuable for me. It's like a golden nugget that's always stuck with me. So, yes, totally. people, check out Sonia Stepman. She's awesome. Yes, she is. Um, one thing, like, you know, as women we try to please everyone, wear a thousand different hats, um, say yes to every opportunity because we're in scarcity mode. But really when you start saying no, uh, to like anyone and yes to the one type of person, you're actually going to grow faster and with more ease because you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, knowing their pain points really, really, really well and refining your ability to provide the solution. So, yeah, I niched down to e-commerce before e-commerce was sexy and popular. So that was like back in 2017 and then you know, COVID happened and e-commerce exploded. So I feel like I've been in the space for quite a long time now. Um, and I, you know, yeah, I chose that niche very early on. And I didn't have a lot of experience in e-commerce. Like I've been marketing for 16, 17 years, but physical products is a, is a different ballgame. So that took a bit of balls, um, but I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad I think all of your clients who you've helped skyrocket their sales and their business are glad you did too. Yeah, it's been fun. Hey, you said something earlier about when you were in the corporate part of your life about the male energy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, masculine. Yes. Tell, talk to me about that. What did that feel like? Oh. What does it look like? And how has it impacted, I guess, where you are now? Yeah, in so many ways. And, and I think if, you know, your listeners have worked in that kind of nine to five vibe in the boys club or even just in a, not in a boys club, but we're trained 
to, yeah, work in that masculine energy, which is get the results, get the numbers, make it happen, uh, you know, whatever it takes, hustle, crush it, you know, that vibe. Um, and women just naturally aren't aligned to that. We're more nurturers. We're more curious, creative. Uh, we like building relationships. Um, we love using our intuition. They're our, you know, feminine uh, gifts. So they're kind of obliterated if you work in the corporate world and you have to unlearn a lot. So it's it's no surprise when women come out of the corporate world and they have a baby and they start their business and they're like, why isn't this working straight away? Why aren't I successful? Why aren't I making money? You know, work hard, work hard, work hard. Where that that's just something that's been taught. That's not actually our natural way of working. So you kind of got to let go, feel the feel the feelings, uh, work through those uh, mindset barriers. Like I'm not good enough, imposter syndrome. I've got to, um, you know, work really hard to earn a dollar, whereas really it should be easy and simple. Mm. It mm. should be, but I guess those kind of gender roles hold us back, right? Yes, that's the other, the whole other thing is that we're doing, you know, what is it, like 60% of the household work so it's funny I've been reflecting on that the past couple of weeks is how how my our gender roles at home have changed since my business has grown Uh so Russell my partner is amazing and he does like he cooks every night he does the laundry he takes dog for the walks does school pickup Um, he takes the kids on the weekend if I have to work to get something done um, it's, it's taken, you know, a, a few years of, of practice and working at this whole, okay, my business is growing really rapidly, but it's, yeah, it's really changed the, the dynamics and, and it has to, because you can't continue as a woman and a mum, you can't continue doing the, the lion's share of the unpaid work and expect your business to grow. It just, the maths doesn't work out. You know, something's got to give. You either have to have, and we've done this, my senior, have multiple conversations about coming to new agreements. You know, if I want my business to grow, then this has kind of got to change. Is it is it like after school care? Is it a cleaner? Is it you doing more, like the partner doing more, you know? And has he had to, I guess, adjust his work life or things with like his boss and so on to be able to give more at home? Yeah, well, luckily, you know, COVID happened and uh, he's been... You might be the only person who's ever said that. (laughs) Luckily, COVID (laughs) happened. (laughs) It it was actually game-changing for us because he's... Because we did a sea change away from Sydney, so we didn't... We don't have any family and when the babies were little, we didn't have any friends. He was travelling to um, Sydney for... On the train, like, 70 minutes each way. So now COVID, he's home all the time. Um, I work from home. We both work from home and... You know, if one's stuck in a meeting, the other one can run out and do, um, you know, school pickup. So, yeah, thankfully it hasn't, he hasn't impacted his work too much, but the goal is hopefully that sometime soon in the near distant future he might be able to work inside my business. So who knows? Oh, wow. That is like such a flip when we talk about those typical gender roles like yeah the breadwinner is now kind of well the typical male male yeah. breadwinner idea is stepping back so that you Lisa can shine in your you know 
female power. I know, right? All these other females. And then yeah. he will eventually come in to work in the business. That's like, wow. Yeah. Revolutionary. Or, or he could not and he could just be him. Like he could just be at home dad. Like that's awesome too. Yes. Like, why, yeah. And it, it's, I just think we should have more of these conversations and, and actually think about the possibility. Because even if we're, if we're not talking about it, if we're not even thinking about it as a possibility, it'll never happen. Mm. So it's, it's not an impossible thing. It's not, no. My husband also has his own business and there's huge flexibility for me. If I need to extend my working day a bit, that's fine. Like yesterday he picked up the children, took them to activities, picked up our preschooler, brought her home. I was still working. And then they were out there on the trampoline and she dressed him up in fairy wings. Oh, my gosh. So (laughs) cute. I know. And I was thinking about this kind of stuff, like how awesome is this? He can step aside when we need to so that I can – continue to do what it is that I love and also that makes money it's like exactly it's a privilege though it is a privilege yeah and yeah I guess it kind of sucks as well that we have to say it's a privilege like you know I joke that you know it was 50 50 50 we made the kids then it should be 50 50 we care for them like that literally should be the case until someone says hang on you know actually I think I could earn more or actually I don't want to work you know but we shouldn't just go into relationships and parenthood assuming that it's the woman that's doing 80 percent like yeah I could preach about that for uh, for days on end <laughs> it's like you know I was reading about um something Annabelle Crabb wrote I think a few years back but I was reading about it actually last week and she has this quote where it's I think it's even the title of the book women need wives and men need lives Oh because gosh. we as females do a ridiculous amount of juggling on top of the work we do in our own businesses or if you work for someone else in your in your job there. And it's, yeah, it's still happening, even though I think she wrote this book, I don't know, three, four, five years ago. But it's just ridiculously common, unfortunately. I, yeah, I love that. And I think we need wives not in terms of help but in terms of support, mental mm-hmm. mental support. And I think it's my personal training. Whenever I go see my personal training, I always have a, like a, a brain dump. I was like, I think women should live with each other and men should go and live with each other. Like back in <laughs> cave times, like, because we just get each other. It's like, here, hold this kid while I go, you know, cook that. And here, can you, you know, I've got some money to make you go mind my kids. Like we rally, like women rally uh, to support each other. I think we should, yeah, maybe we should all be wives. <laughs> <laughs> Is this is this something you talk about a lot with your clients? Yes, yes. If we spend enough time, for sure, that that um, balance. But we focus more on okay, what can you stop doing in your business? You know, stop packing orders, stop replying to customer inquiries, stop replying to DMs, stop um, posting on social media. You know, get get people either freelancers or team members get everybody to do the tasks that doesn't require your brain and your body because that's that's the only way you're going to grow because be, being the ceo or, or the the founder you end up being the bottleneck doing everything yes. yeah yes and i think great. they do that out of control or they do it out of oh i'll just do it myself because it'll save money whereas it that doesn't work you've got to value your time more than money Mm. can you say that again 
<laughs> value your time more than money. And that goes for getting a cleaner. So, you know, if you work out what your average hourly rate is, it's probably way more than what it, what it costs to get a cleaner in every week. So go get the cleaner. I have a cleaner. I'll put my hand up and say that and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> it was actually my nutritionist who encouraged me to get one because yep. the mental load and just the layering on of all the things. All the things. That's She was like, this is one thing that you could outsource and just release yourself. And that's like two and a half, three hours that I get back to do other things. So absolutely, yes, it is worth the money, definitely. Only, the only thing is that you have to, which, which I've always hated, you've got to clean before the cleaner comes. That's what drives me nuts So. You mean clean or tidy because they're different things? Well, yeah, like pack things up off the floor. But I did find a cleaner and she came specifically recommended because a mum said, don't worry, you can leave everything everywhere. She'll she'll still do the, you know, still do the good job, like picking up toys and stuff like that. I hate all that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. Mm. I'm quite particular with where things go. So I'm happy to do oh, that okay. part myself. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I feel... I don't know. I still feel guilty for having a cleaner, even though I said just then I'm not ashamed. I still feel a bit of guilt. I, know. Like I should be able to do it all, but I know that I can't. No. Um, so if I do the tidy up before, I'm like, well, that's okay, Rachel, because you, you helped a little bit. Yeah. See this female way of thinking that just shoots I yourself know. in the foot. <laughs> yep. Gotta let it go. Yep. I know. So what about like um, freedom, like financial freedom and family time for you? Because I know that's, a juxtaposition of ideas, mm. even in 2022. Oh, it's constant battle. It's a constant battle of, um, yeah, spending time with them and spending time in my business. It's, uh, and the guilt, like I really, really love sitting down and working. Like it's my happy place. But I also Mine love, too. you know, going down the beach and having fun with them. But um, you know, kids they want they want you all the time, and they and their little brains don't understand that you know mum works. Um, yeah, it's a constant battle, and I have zero solutions. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I look. I've always loved working, and I love making money, and I need to, you're constantly trying to work on. Um, not feeling guilty for that, you know, yeah. putting, putting the kids in childcare um, and and working so they can have a better life and we can have more fun as a family too. Like we get a caravan, go on holidays, get a puppy, you know, that's why I work so we can have more fun. Yes, but it's so hard for little children, especially like the ages of our children to understand that. So I think that's where the guilt does come in a little bit. I think, for mums at our stage at least. Oh, God, yeah. And, you know, then you see things like you open up Instagram or TikTok and it's like they're only young for four years, so don't waste a minute or a second with them. And it's like, oh, kill me now, you know. <laughs> I know. It's, um, Instagram and social media are really unhealthy places on so many yeah. levels, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it and I'm addicted to it, which I also hate. <laughs> oh. I know. I hid I, this is just wrong, but I don't want to delete Instagram off my phone in case it deletes my whole account because I've heard of things like that happening. Mm. So instead of deleting the app, I hide it off my screen so that I don't see it. That's a good idea. Yeah, I don't know, but it is addictive, but it's like 
it's so bad for you in every way. It is. It yes. really I is. wish that small business owners did not use it. And I wonder what business would look like without it. I don't know. For e-com, what do you think? Would it look better or worse? I think it would look better because I actually, it's not where you're in e-com unless you've got like a, a team or you're spending a lot on ads. It's not actually where you're going to make money. It's it's just like a, a it's a top of funnel you know, maybe a, a middle funnel, you know, nurturing type tool. It's not a cha-ching cash convert tool. That's where, mm-hmm. you know, email is going to come in. Um, sales strategies on your website, website cust- um, optimization. That's where you make money and also fa- pa- um, paid fa- paid advertising, but not all businesses, you know, are ready for paid advertising. But, you know, I actually tell my clients to spend less time on social media. You know, if you're going to do anything, just post some reels and it's the content of the reels and the messages um, and the conversations that you have, which is the most important. It's not about, you know, posting five times a week, using 30 hashtags, spending three hours on a transition. It's just that's not going to make you money. No, it's not. And why is it, like the one you posted today, that the kind of most raw unplanned unstructured reels go kaboom and just work really well Why yeah. is that? <laughs> yeah I don't know but I've got a rule that I try and encourage which is don't spend more than 15 minutes on a reel just get it up get it out you know um when we're not celebrities so we do not have to be celebrities we don't have stylists and photographers and videographers um so you know just get it out but yes. yeah I especially for brands, which I guess are probably most of us these days that want to show up as real and relatable. So you need a social media presence that backs that up and is just, you know, things you've made up on the spot, like that reflect that realness yeah. and that relatability. Yeah. And it's a blend, right? Like you've, you've, you've got to be selling as well as relating. Um, you know, my content buckets that I teach is selling, helping and connecting as an e-commerce business, you're going to be doing a lot of selling, but you can't sell without trust and connection. How do you get trust and connection? You show up as as a human, you tell human stories, you find that common ground, and you also offer your value, your knowledge to help solve their problem. So you wrap up all them. You've got a pretty winning strategy without having to stress about it 24 hours a day because that's not going to get you anywhere. Mm. Even if your laundry is in the background of your real shop, yes, right? It, it's and it's still there. It's just gotten bigger. <laughs> <laughs> it always gets bigger. You know that meme, like it's not dirty for the laundry basket and it's not clean enough for the wardrobe. Meet the chair. Yeah, I've just got meet the laundry pile. <laughs> <laughs> I try and keep on top of it. This is my hack, Look, guys. <laughs> I try and fold the washing as I take it off the line. Of course, it only works if you have the time. And if it's not raining and yes. children are happy, but um, maybe 70% of the time I get to do that so that it's like half the pain is done because most of it's folded by the time I carry it inside. That's good. And then it right. just sits somewhere for two weeks <laughs> and then they they rummage through it to try and find their socks and so it's not folded anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't let that happen. No. They know. Don't mess oh. with the wash basket. Oh, I like it. I like it. You're a hard ass. <laughs> yeah, I run a tight ship, people. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So considering that, I don't know, the things you've said about like financial freedom and family time and balance and stuff, do you have it all? 
Oh God, no. Hell no. <laughs> Does no. anyone? No. Nah. No one. Don't believe what you see on Instagram. You know, it's all smoke and mirrors. Like if you think someone's doing so amazing, whatever, whatever, and you're comparing yourself to them, you don't know what's going on for them personally. Everybody has their, you know, S-H-I-T. No one's perfect, you know, whether it's like a kid that's mucking up or, you know, they feel like they've put on weight or, you know, relationships are suffering. Like everyone's got their thing. So you can't compare yourself and no one's got it. No one's got it all. Mm. Yeah, And it's okay to do things, I guess, half-assed kind of. Like it's okay to not have yeah. it all perfect, right? It's okay to be more oh. cheap. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah, exactly, because yeah, we are just everyone's trying to be perfect at everything and it's it's really just stopping you. It's stopping you from taking action, trying new things, taking risks. Um, yeah, messy action. Yes, messy action. I like that. It's a good mm. one. Um, what would you say is the goal of most of the e-compies owners that come to work with you? Oh, they come to me wanting to make more money but a lot of the time it's about doing things in a way that makes their life easier because it's easy to go and make more money, but you're going to have to, a lot of the time, the way that they're working, they're going to have to work harder. So what I try to do is optimise what they've got and put different things, different strategies in place so they can work less. It may not result in earning like hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash straight away, but their life is going to be easier and things are going to work more efficiently. So, yeah, growth often doesn't come with more. It comes with less, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah, it does. And so before we wrap up, have you got any advice for e-com business owners in particular who are struggling to scale? Any tips? Other than work with you? Yeah. <laughs> um, focus on your foundations. I can't tell you how many times I come across even businesses that are doing, you know, in air quotes, well on the outside or um, earning, you know, 100K K months or 20K months right down to businesses that have just started. You need to focus on your foundations because you can't out-market unclear messaging a crappy website, poor images, um, crappy copy, uh, marketing that's not hitting the spot. You know, you've got to focus on your customer, who they are, get your copy right, get your website right, and then focus on your marketing. Because if you go and turn on your marketing taps and spend a lot of money, you're only going to capture like half of what you could if if everything isn't optimised. So that's kind of where I spend a, a lot of time is helping people you know, build those solid foundations and then we can turn on the taps. Mm, exactly, because there's no point sending people to your website, to your online home, if it's not an accurate reflection of what you do and your offering and who you serve and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, and yes. you would see this too. You'd probably, like, websites that don't have copy. Yep, all the time. <laughs> I spoke to someone today and their, web, their homepage didn't have any copy. No copy. <laughs> yep, well, the news flash is, you can't break for anything if you don't have any work on your website. Yeah, yeah. And and humans won't be able to understand what you do either. Hmm. Yes, Yeah. ultimately humans are 
the the one we're writing for, not social media. Yes. So yes, you need to be thinking Words always about your audience and yeah, beyond the audience label, the humans that they're people with exactly you know objections and desires and feelings and other things they might have Problems. tried before they come to you. Yes, exactly. It's mm-hmm. uh, a huge huge topic to get your head around (laughs) it is and you know like full credit to business owners as well like we all started our businesses for different reasons we definitely didn't start it to be marketers and you know unless you're a marketer yourself but it's this huge thing to learn so don't beat yourself up and, and get support if you can yes lisa where can we go to find you online Yes, I am lisaburn.com.au and burn is B-Y-R-N-E or um, at Lisa Burn Marketing on Instagram. That's where I hang out doing silly reels. And, um, yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Oh, and I've got a Lisa. podcast too. Oh, yeah. What's it called so we can find it easily? E-commerce Marketing Society. Excellent. Cool. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. Legend. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Head to your podcast player, leave a review and subscribe so we can spread the love to more brave, business-minded women like you. You can find me online at shinecopy.com.au.